Welcome to American Football in Finland, where a few of us Americans in Finland discuss the football being played here every week. You can follow us on Facebook at American Football in Finland, or check out the latest show on perfectpurpose.com forward slash AFF. For mobile access to our podcast, you can subscribe to American Football in Finland on the iTunes podcast app. And for you Android listeners out there, you can follow us on the Podbean app on Google Play. Just search American Football in Finland. Right now, the voice in your ears, I'm Perfect Purpose, and I'm here with my co-host, Jabari Harris. Hello. And this week, we got a special guest host from the Helsinki Roosters, Curtis Slater. What it is, world. (laughs) Today, we're going to talk about last week's Maple League results. Uh, If we have time, we're going to ask our guest host a few questions, and then we'll discuss next week's Maple League games as well. All right, heading to the uh, last week's games, week eight of the Maple League. Uh, Thursday night game, the Tampa Saints took on the Wasser Royals. The Wasser Royals were the victorious team in this one, 49-14. Actually, I'll let Jabari lead it off about what you saw in the game, man. Well, I mean, I, it is what it is. The Boston Royals, they came out and they completely did what they had to do. Uh, the Tampa Bay Saints are still, like we said, a young team at the bottom of the league who is just not ready to compete with some of the top three or four teams in the league. They went back to looking like the Saints they were before. I mean, I think they got their first victory a few weeks ago versus Turku and, you know, they got a spark, but that was against the Turku Trojans, the winless Turku Trojans. Uh, Vasa, uh, I think that they came out and they simply did what they had to do on both sides of the ball. Obviously, the defense hasn't been the biggest issue for them. I mean, their defense has been decent all year, but the offense is what we wanted to see uh, come alive later in the second half of the year. And I think that they did a better job of executing and getting the ball in playmakers' hands, which is what we saw. Um, Justin didn't have to do too much. The passing and the running game was there a bit. Um, He was able to get the ball in some of his playmakers' hands. But then again, looking at this Tampa Bay defense, they didn't have a lot of playmakers to go against anyway. So this game was exactly what we probably expected across the board. For me... I don't know how many times I'm going to say it, but that Tampa defense, that Swiss cheese, nothing but holes in it, man. Nothing but holes. (laughs) And I mean, and that's how they played, and that's their defense. Like, I don't think there's a lot they can do to change how that's going to happen. But like you were saying, offensively, they actually have good players on offense, and I think that they're better than that 14 points they scored. We've talked about the quarterback a lot this season. Uh, Raleigh Yodell, he's a runner. He's not going to win you a game passing. And you look at this game, he has 196 yards passing and only 19 yards rushing. The entire Saints offense only had 34 yards rushing. I'm telling you right now, if that Saints offense doesn't run the ball, they will not win. It's not possible. They're not built to pass and beat anybody, yet, let alone a good team that can score on them as well. And it just seems like they've regressed. For some reason, instead of doing what they're good at, what they need to do is get that quarterback on the move and let him make plays with his legs. Get, um, what's his name, Tiny Juz or Juz Tiny. I can't remember which is first, which is last name. But get him the ball in space and let him run that ball for them to take a little bit of pressure off the quarterback. 
And then you have two good receivers in the lane, brothers, that when you get them the ball, they can make plays, but they need to be in situations where they're one-on-one instead of, well, we're in zone coverage because it's third and long, and we know they're going to pass. That's what the Saints need to do, and they need to figure it out before they lose too many more games and look at themselves going back to Division One instead of staying in the Maple League. For the Royals, I think this was a good a good game to come back after the break for them. They added Apo Salaranta as a receiver. He scored two touchdowns in his first game with the Royals. So he's definitely opening up that offense. And like you said, it makes it easy for the quarterback, Sadler. This is the first – I think this is the first game this season where he didn't throw interception. He had four touchdown passes, completed over 50% of his passes. So for them, the Royals, they did what they did as a runner's. Uh, Tom Suosti, he ran the ball well again. He's been doing it all season. One of my favorite running backs in Finland right now. The Royals played great, and it was good to see them actually play a game where they're supposed to win by a lot, and they actually do. They didn't let us down this week, so that was really good. But the Saints, they need a lot of help. What did you think about it, Slater? Uh, like y'all were saying, Vasa just was just the more dominant team. Um, they do got a couple of new players with them. So I'm hoping that they'll, they'll start picking that up with this first game um, being done coming into Thursday's game. But like I said, on all cylinders, Vasa was just the better team. Uh, the Saints got a lot of stuff they need to work on. Uh, I do agree with Purvis when he said uh, they need to let the running backs and the quarterbacks work their legs a little bit more just to open things up. Um, and then as a collective team, they just need to to bring and step up and whoever they playing next come with a lot more talent and a lot more playmaking uh, to be able to, to stay from dropping out of the league. So the second game that happened this week was on Saturday. The Porvo Butchers went to Hamelina and beat the Hamelina Huskies 19-8. I'll leave this game off. It was amazing to watch because when you hear the score 19-8, you think it was a very close game, a defensive struggle. That was not the case. The case of this game was the Butchers shut the Huskies down offensively, okay? The Butchers, when the Huskies came out, Stan Bedwell came out with his air raid offense. They had a lot of formations, a lot of different plays. Every time they did something, the Butchers were ready for it. The Huskies only had 225 yards of total offense. In my opinion, that's not even possible with an air raid offense to have less than 300 yards. Like, it doesn't make any sense. But this Butcher's defense was dominant all across the board. And they didn't give them any room to do anything that they do great. There weren't any broken tackles. There weren't any plays where the receivers went up and took a ball out the air against a poor Butcher defender. Like, they, they played a very solid game and made all the plays they were supposed to make in this game. And it was just very telling to see because the Butchers' offense was kind of going through a transition. Uh, they didn't get in a new quarterback, but they did have uh, Ricky Stevens at running back. And he – I'm trying not to compare too much with the new uh, – with the new imports, with the old imports, but he replaced Darian Hall, and there wasn't much drop-off. He had – 34 rushes for 170 yards. He ran hard, and he was efficient throughout the game, and he did what they needed him to do from the running side. And even the finished quarterback, Sebastian Bernstein, he threw two touchdown passes, 
Should have been like four or five touchdown passes, but that's okay. They still won the game. But this Butcher's offense is still in transition, so the defense took control of this game. And that's what they needed them to do. In the red zone, the Butcher's offense was only two for six. They had two goal line drives that the Huskies stopped them. The Huskies' defense played well. They they kept a good team to 19 points. The Huskies' offense was dominated by the Butcher's defense, and that's why this game looks a lot closer to what it was. The Butcher's controlled this game and owned it throughout. Jabari, what do you think about it? This game was uh, it's <laughs> it was very it was very much what we wanted to see. We wanted to see how the Huskies were going to bounce back after their first loss, and apparently they didn't bounce back well at all. Um, one thing that we've been talking about the whole year is how underestimated poor Bruce defense is. Um, I think that now at this point, many people are starting to figure out the Huskies offense. I think that the loss versus the Roosters was an opening for other defenses to kind of be able to scheme and see what the Huskies can and can't do. Um, this game, Stan wasn't able to really put the ball in the end zone and use many weapons because they had people there. Um, and I think that was one thing that was exposed the first time that they lost. Now the question is, who are the Huskies at this point? They were once one of the best teams that we felt could have been number one to solidifying themselves as a second team, now possibly dropping down to a third or fourth spot. Now this is where – they have to get out of a funk now because for them, it doesn't get any easier. They still have the Roosters again. They still have Vasa again. They still have Porbu again. If they don't fix whatever the issue is, we can be looking at a dramatic drop-off from the Hamelina Huskies. As far as uh, the Butchers, I think that they have to be very confident. The reason being is because they were able to go and beat a Hamelina team without an import quarterback. They were able to move the ball and put up points with what they had. So for them, it says a lot about what we talk about all the time, Purvis, talent and skill. It doesn't matter how much talent you sign and bring in. The rest of the team has to be disciplined and has to be able to play. And what we saw this game was Porpo went out there and their defense played lights out and their offense did enough. This Ricky Stevens was a great pickup for them at the right time because his running style, as we see, is similar to Darian's and he's able to transition with that offensive line. As far as Hamelina, I feel bad for their defense because this is a defense that can be good, but every defense can't be on the field the whole game. The Portable Butchers were forcing three and outs like not, like nothing. Every time we seen a motion and a screen was coming, like you said, they were there. They completely, it's like they were inside of Stan's offense. So I think that the Huskies got to wake up and answer some questions. They got to look in the mirror, ask themselves, okay, are we what we thought we were? Or as we would say, they were who we thought they were, because that's what it's starting to become. But I'm going to pass it on to Slater. Slater, what do you think? You know, I'm just going to go ahead and give Porgo a round of applause for playing as well as they did, showing up 
and handling business is what we call that. <laughs> uh, just coming together as a collective group, that was uh, great to see, uh, especially with them being the underdogs. And I think they just came out and just smacked Hamelina in the face and said, hey, look, we're not just going to lay down because of what you were capable of doing earlier in the season and let that happen in this game. Uh, I'm going to have to agree with y'all, especially with Hamelina's defense. Uh, I believe that they are a good defense and good enough to hold teams off. But um, like Jabari was saying, if the defense is on the field for that long um, a period of time in the game, um, it starts to damper on the the mood and the, the swing of the game and the attitude towards uh, how everything's playing out. And I think Hamelina just offenses, they just need to put it together, um, find out like purpose of saying they got they maybe got too much going on or not enough going on to where they're able to click as an offense and be able to put points up in that air raid offense that we that has been so dominant in the first half of the season is starting to fall off now. Uh last thing I'm gonna say about the game is uh Homelina Huskies, you know we're watching you guys, so you know, we're putting you on the spot right now. And we're yeah. saying like are you the real deal or have you fooled us in the first half of the season with smoke and mirrors? Cause this butchers team, we know this is a fundamental team and this is probably, probably the staple of the league is the butchers are going to, you know what they're going to do and they're going to do it. The Huskies, yeah. we thought we knew what they were going to do, but they're not doing what we thought they were going to do. So are you who we think you are or are you someone else? Let us know Huskies. You have another game, another big game coming up next week to redeem yourselves and at least let people know that, hey, a minor setback isn't going to derail the season. Y'all going to say, Ben, but don't break. Well, which, one, which one are you going to do? Yeah, one of those two. Uh, going <laughs> to the, the next game, the last game, uh, Monday night, uh, Turku Trojans traveled to Sinioki to play the Sinioki Crocodiles. And. In an overtime game, the first overtime game in the Maple League since 2009. I don't, how many years is that? <laughs> Too many. Yeah, in a very long time, the Crocodiles <laughs> beat the Trojans 30-24. to And uh, I'll talk about this one first just because of the way I introduced it. Uh, you got two, two teams in the lower half of the league, so... For me, before the game, I'm just thinking somebody has to win. So I wonder who. And in all honesty, the Crocodiles were the better team. But hats off to the Trojans for giving them a fight. In all honesty, you can see that both of these teams have gotten so much better since the beginning of the season. Uh, in this game, the Crocodiles were up, what, 21 to 7 at one point. The Trojans' offense had not scored. That seven points that they had was off an interception for their defense. So their defense was putting in work in this game to help them. And eventually the offense got going. Eventually the offense contributed to this game. And that's the reason it went to overtime. The Trojans never gave up on this game. They kept fighting. But the Crocodiles were the better team. Uh, Statistically, they were pretty much even all across the board. The biggest difference I saw was on third downs. The Trojans were 3-for-10, while the Crocodiles were 6-for-10. The Crocodiles continued their drives. In the red zone, they scored every time they were in the red zone, 6-for-6. Six six. The Trojans, they are 1-for-4. That's 25%. Those are the differences I've seen between these two teams. Two similar teams, 
But the Crocodiles have a little bit more talent, a little bit more skill, and that's what it showed in the score, 30 to 24. When it came down to it, Brett Aravey, he took the game into his his hands and won it for his team. He contributed four touchdowns for the Crocodiles in this game, and he's shown that he is the leader for the Crocodiles, and they will go as far as he takes them. And for me, that's all they need to do right now for the Crocodiles is go as far as they can go. And the Trojans, I feel like they played a really good game, but obviously they have to try to find a way to make up for the lack of talent and skill that they have against almost everybody in the Maple League right now. What do you think about it, Jabari? Well, you know, this was the beginning of the second half of the season. And, um, you know, these guys are doing their best. They're trying their hardest. And um, like you said, the Turku Trojans, I mean, the Turku Trojans and the Sanioki Crocodiles, they gave us a great game yesterday. So hats off to both teams for fighting to the end. Um, for a second, I really was hoping and thinking that the Turku Trojans was going to actually pull it off. But I, again, seen the youthful mistakes over and over. I mean, the roughing the kicker penalty, that probably did cost them a chance to win the game. And that's just some mental things and things that have to be corrected with time. Uh, other than that, I thought that the Trojans' offense, they're finally scoring points when in the first half of the season, I think they went two or three games straight where they were scoreless. So now we're seeing this team actually finding a rhythm. And I think that right now their focus is to be just continue to compete and try to build for the next season. Because right now, after this loss, it's hard to believe that they can make a dramatic turnaround and push for a playoff spot. But then again, they can't prevent themselves from dropping out of the league and rebuilding for the next season. As far as the Crocodiles, they won two games straight. And they're in now in position, as we said last week during the break, the difference between third and fourth place and fifth and sixth place was only two wins. Crocodiles are 2-0 and right now in the last two games. So, like I called out Brett Ettervy three weeks ago, and he's responded to my challenge. So, kudos to you, man. Keep leading the team and keep winning the games that you have to win. That's all I can say about this one. I'm going to have to agree with Jabari on that. Uh, he is, he's become the leader of that team. Um, he's doing a great job. He's a, he's a mobile quarterback and a pocket quarterback as well, so he can do both, which um, helps him and his team out with the talent that they do have. Um, they're putting the pieces together in the second half of the season, and um, I'm hoping that they can just keep building and uh, competing in uh, our league to try to fight for the, those higher spots for the playoffs and, um, and for next season for them working into the end of the season. Uh, the Turku Trojans, uh, can't really say too much about them. Uh, they're doing a lot with what they have, which isn't a lot. But uh, like I said, with the second half of the season being started, um, they're actually performing a lot better than the first half of the season. Like Jabari was saying, scoreless games, uh, not being able to put points up, defense and offense both just nowhere to be found. And uh, I think they're doing a great job and just they just need to keep competing, getting better. And uh, hopefully they can upset some teams in the second half of the season. Shout out to Anthony Brooks and DJ Washington from the Crocodiles. These two guys are playing high intensity positions on both sides of the ball. They're both mm -hmm. playing receiver and DB for the Crocodiles. And not only are they both playing them, they're both being effective. Anthony Brooks the last three games I've seen him play, he's got an interception. 
I don't know exactly how many he has this this season, but he's really effective on the defensive side of the ball. And with DJ Washington playing wide receiver for the Crocodiles, it makes Brooks a better receiver as well. I've said it earlier in the season. I still hold it true that he's a decent receiver, but he needs someone else to be the the deep route go guy to take a little bit of pressure off of. And you'll see in his last game, Anthony Brooks had nine receptions, two touchdowns, and DJ Washington had another six receptions and a touchdown. They complement each other well, and it's really good to see that these two guys can do this at such a high level on both sides of the ball. Defensively, they're responsible for guarding receivers, which means they have to do a lot of running, and then on the offensive side, they're running routes. So these guys are in some hell of a shape, and I hope that they're drinking enough Gatorade and fluids, but definitely kudos to you guys for putting in work and making sure that the team plays at the highest level it can so far. Uh, we're going to try to have a little a short interview with our guest host here, uh, Helsinki Roosters defensive back slash returner slash playmaker, the one, the only Curtis Slater. Your boy, I'm here. <laughs> so because we do what we want on this show, uh, we, we will take this time to either ask you personal questions or professional questions. It doesn't matter. We ask you whatever we want. Uh, Jabari will ask a question, then I'll ask a question. If we have time, we'll ask a second question. So, Jabari, you go ahead and ask him the first one. All right, Curtis, I'm going to ask you a personal question. Ah. So, outside of football, what is it that you like to do in your free time? We all know you're a big-time football player here. You're DB, Mr. Lockdown, da-da-da-da-da. But who is Curtis Slater outside of the helmet and shoulder pads? Uh, you know, that, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> I think outside of football is still inside of football. Um, I put a lot of passion into our youth program. Um, trying to work with these young guys, uh, these teens that are making their way up, who will be the future of these top leagues that we are in, um, and trying to make sure that I can help develop them as players develop them as people and develop them as teammates so that they understand that it's more than just football and there's a time and place for every type of situation in the game and and off the field as well. Um, This is my second season with the Roosters um, and I'm just enjoying every second of it. Um, The guys have become greater athletes from my vision um, just helping them out in all aspects. Um, whenever they got questions, um, extra training, if they want to do personal training, just one-on-one stuff and, uh, just making sure that they're getting everything that they need so I can help them be better players. All right. I'm going to ask you a, a professional, what kind of professional kind of personal question. Last week we talked to your head coach Q Floyd and he mentioned that you could be nice at receiver if you wanted to be. Oh, don't tell me that. <laughs> that. That's what he said. He said he said you could you could be a, a hell of a receiver, but you know you're playing the defensive role and being a leader for the defense. But my question to you would be, if you if you were a receiver, let's compare you to uh screw it. Let's compare you to an NFL receiver. Who would you be, and why would you be that type of receiver? I think I'd have to go with Edelman just because of his size, um, him being a slot receiver and being able to to make his way in the league, uh, working off of linebackers, making the big plays, 
uh, deep down the field and just being able to, to create opportunities for his offense to move the ball, score. And uh, if they need a playmaker, he's more than capable of doing it. And I feel like that's something I can resemble myself to. Um, I played a little receiver in high school. You know, your boy was nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I just took the defensive side because I just like hitting people. Uh, <laughs> I like disrupting top receivers, going up, making plays. You know, I, I've been talking to the head coach Q and and some of the offensive guys. I'm like, hey, you know, if y'all if y'all want to take a break, just put your boy in. I, I can do a little something. <laughs> a little something. So Jabari, hopefully, hopefully I'll get my shot him? one day. <laughs> Jabari, you got anything else for him? Yes, I got one final question for you, Curtis. What are your expectations for the second half of this season? You guys are undefeated. And unfortunately, from what we hear, you guys may not be able to play Swarco this year. Boo-hoo. But what are you expecting from yourself and from your team for the second half of this season? Uh, Just to improve on the things that we lacked in the first half of the season. Despite us being undefeated, we did have some hiccups um, here and there on some plays. uh, And I feel like if we just keep building, keep growing as a team, and um, the biggest thing is staying healthy. Because uh, we are low on defensive side, but the guys that they come to work, um, regardless, sick, hurt, and we just got to make sure that we're healthy enough to finish off the season strong and uh, keep performing and shutting down offenses the way that we're doing. And uh, I believe that that's something that we are capable of doing. And we're just going to have to stay strong, fight, and whoever's, whoever's next up, we ready for you. Last question, and yeah, I'm going to get this personal. And you're not going to be able to dodge the, the personal of this question like you did Jabari's. I heard your answer. <laughs> All right. So let's get hypothetical. Uh, let's say, Sam, I'm new to the Helsinki area. I hang out with Curtis Slater one day. It's the weekend. You guys got a bye week. There's no, no practices coming up, no games going up. A couple of guys decide, hey, man, we're going to go out in Helsinki, hang out, and have a good time. And you're going. There ain't no you staying at home and watching film. There ain't no youth games. You got nothing else to do. Curtis Slater, you're going, hanging out with the fellas. We're going out. We want to have a good time. What are we going to do, Curtis? What are we going to do? Oh, we are definitely going full Monty. I'm going to go ahead and let you know that right now. If, if I'm going out, the only way I'm going out is to go full Monty. We're going to go. First off, you know what? If it's early enough, we might go to Swamalina. We can take that little ferry over there. Go okay. do that. Come back, go to a nice restaurant, enjoy it, get a couple drinks, and then for the nightlife, you know, wherever the wind takes us, um, <laughs> we're going to go full Monty after the club. Oh, it doesn't stop there. Oh, yeah? Uh-uh. No, it doesn't stop. No. <laughs> we're going to find an after spot, and we're probably going to be up to at least 5 o'clock, so I would say get a lot of sleep ahead of time, drink a lot of water. And uh, just be prepared for whatever I'm ready to throw at you because Full Monty ain't no joke. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that was all the questions, and we appreciate the answers, Curtis. No Uh, problem. (laughs) Also, anybody listening, if there's any questions you want to ask any players in the Maple League, email me the question at perfectpurpose at gmail.com. Email me the question and the player that you want the question from, and – We'll try to get a quick interview with that player and put it up on here so you guys can learn about some of these players. Uh, Moving on, we're going to talk about 
week nine now in the Maple League. Thursday, the Helsinki Roosters will be traveling to Vasa to play against the Wasa Royals. And then on Saturday, we have the Turku Trojans traveling to play against the Porvo Butchers. And the final game will be on Monday. The Homelina Huskies will travel to Sinioki to play against the Sinioki Crocodiles. What we're going to do now is we're going to pick our winners for this week's matchups. Since we've seen enough of the games now, we feel confident in predicting winners. We did not want to do this in the first half of the season because there was a lot unknowns. And a lot of people have been asking us to do predictions. So now we're going to do these predictions. And everybody's going to pick who they believe is going to win. You give a short explanation of why you think they're going to win. No more than like two sentences. And then we'll finish after everyone makes their picks with a score prediction of what we think the score will be. And we're also going to post these picks online in case anybody didn't hear or forgot what picks we have or in case anybody wants to come at us for our picks. We're going to post them online and let you guys know who we had. Uh, First game is going to be Helsinki Roosters at Wausau Royals. First, we'll just make our picks, and then we'll do our scores, okay? So, Jabari, who you got? Roosters at Royals. I got the Helsinki Roosters winning this one. I believe that the Roosters are going to win because I feel like they've had enough time with the break to uh, get some players back healthy and that they're just going to pick up off of where they left off from. I've got the Roosters winning, and the reason I have the Roosters beating the Royals is because both of these teams, they are who we think they are. The Roosters are a championship team. The Royals are a good team. That's the difference between a championship and a good team. What about you, Slater? No, I'm going to go with the Roosters as well. Uh, you know, the home team <laughs> for your boy. Uh, but I think it's going to be a great game, especially with our, from my standing point on defensive side. Uh, they got a couple of new weapons, and uh, we're just ready to get out there and figure out um, how good they really are now in the second half of the season. Also, our, our silent co-host, Robert Johnson, uh, he sent in his picks, and he chose the Roosters as well in this game. Uh, so now we'll go into predicting the scores for the game. Jabari, what do you got for your score? Uh, well, I think the Roosters' offense is still going to be hot. I think their defense is going to be able to make stops. I believe Vasa's offense may be able to put up a better production having a new receiver, but I got the Roosters winning – Mm, let me say 42 to 14. They are who, who we think they are. So I got the Roosters winning 35 to 19. Uh, Slater, we will not let you uh, pick a score because you're in that game, okay? <laughs> we will not let you pick a score for that game. So, uh, But what I can say is we will do our best to limit that score on the opposite opposing team, okay? <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Keep it politically correct on that one. Uh, <laughs> So, Saturday's game, the Turku Trojans are going to be going over to Porvo Butchers. Jabari, who you got? I got the Porvo Butchers winning, man. They hot. They're finding themselves. They're ready to play. I think the Porvo Butchers are going to win this one also. I'm also going with the Butchers. I just think they're too much of a team for Turku. Turku is still trying to figure out what works for them. Porvo knows what works for them, and they're going to do what works for them. I'm going to go with Porvo as well. That offensive line, uh, like y'all were saying earlier, the running back is doing a great job of filling in and uh, doing what he needs to do to keep that offensive moving and the defense just needs to stay strong and uh, finish out the second half of the season. All right, and Rojo went with the Butchers as well. Jabari, what's your prediction? Uh, I 
got the Butchers winning this one 27 to nothing. I think that their Ooh. offense and Ricky Stevens running behind that offensive line is definitely going to be too much for the Turku Trojans' uh, run defense. And I think that their defense is not going to allow uh, Turku's offense to do anything. Uh, we've seen them play Hamelina, which is one of the top offenses in the league. They gave up eight points. It's not a doubt in my mind that they can shut Turku Trojans' offense out this week. Okay, well, now you make me feel bad about what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I got the Butchers winning 34-10, to 10, and now I guess I feel like i got to defend why I think that the Trojans are going to score 10 points. I think that this offense has shown that they are capable of making some big plays, and if they're in the right position, if their defense gets a good set against the Butchers and they get the ball in that red zone area, I think that they're going to be good enough to get a touchdown and then eventually with uh, J.P. Malka kick a field goal. And I think that's how they'll get their 10 points. What about you, Curtis? Uh, I got this score right, right now to 21-7 for the Butchers, uh, only because Turkey still has yet to be as productive on offense. And the Butchers' defense is still uh, a dominant defense. And I think that they're just going to score more points than, uh, than Turkey Trojans. So for the last game on Monday night, how many Huskies are going to travel and play against the Senioki Crocodiles? Jabari, which, who you got? Oh, man, you know what? I'm, I'm probably going to be the spoiler here. I think it's going to be an upset. I got the Senioki Crocodiles winning this week. I just feel like uh, the Hemelina Huskies are in a bit of a funk right now, and I think that the Crocodiles are finding their rhythm. I mean, like you said, DJ Washington and those guys are making plays on the defensive side. And Brett Artevay now has weapons on the offensive side to be more productive against them this time around. Even the first time that Sanioki and the Huskies played each other, Sanioki had bits and parts of where they were able to do some things right, but they did a lot of things wrong. I think that if if it's a big if, if Hamelina doesn't pick their heads up and get out of this swamp, I think that they can go 0-3 and the Crocodiles can win this game. All right, well, I'm definitely going opposite of that. I'm going, I'm picking the Huskies to win this game, and mostly because of what we've been talking about. They, they've dropped the last two games. We, we've all talked about, oh, they have so many imports. They have so much talent. I'm sorry. These guys are here to play football. They've just dropped two games to teams who aren't full of players here to play football. These guys, they have pride in what they do. And I think as we're talking right now, they're working on a way to get better, a way to play in this game at a dominant level. And I just think that they're going to have too much for the Crocodiles to handle. Like I said earlier, with the Crocodiles having those two receivers playing receiver and DBs, they're not going to be able to hang with these Huskies guys on both sides of the ball. And eventually there's going to be a snowball effect. And I think that the Huskies are just going to outlast the Crocodiles. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Hemelina as well. I just think they got too much firepower for for both Washington and um, the, the, the receiver DB to be able to outlast them for a whole game. Um, unless somehow the Crocs defense just comes out and plays lights out. Um, they do a lot of film recognition, making sure that they're exactly where the butchers were needed to be, exactly <laughs> where the ball is. <laughs> I think this Hemelina is going to overpower them. Yeah, and uh, Rojo also picked the Huskies. So now we're going. I'm the only one that believes in miracles around here. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. There's still a chance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, that's why it's football. 
Football, anything can happen. It's, I guess for them, it's going to be a any given Monday. Any given yep, Monday. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's go over score predictions. Go ahead, Jabari. To be honest with you, I think it's going to be a close one. If the Crocodiles do pull this off, I think that they'll probably win this game 28-27. 28-27. I'm going to first just say, have, have the Crocodiles even scored 28 points this season? I don't think they have, so you're reaching. I don't think they have. That's why I said reaching. it's going to be a miracle. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's faith right there. But the reason I predict that score is, I think that it's going to come from the defensive side of the ball. I think that if they're able to rattle Stan, and we have seen this year where Stan has thrown multiple touchdowns. Let's not forget the last game, Sutsu broke a record off of a pick six. I think that if and only if he's able to give DeJon Washington that kind of break, it's possible for not the offense to score 28, but the team as a whole to score 28. Okay. Not to mention, Curtis Slater did have a fumble for 70 yards. Not comparing Sandy Oki's defense to the Roosters in any kind of way, but I'm saying that the Huskies' <laughs> offense have made those kind of mistakes. And the way that they're playing right now, if they don't get out of this funk, anything can happen. All right. Hey, anything can happen. You're right about that. Uh, my score, I got the Huskies winning it 42-17 to 17 because I believe in cold, hard facts, and I believe that that's how they're going to beat them. Uh, my score prediction was 42-7. to seven. You know, I kind of want to agree with Jabari, but, the, you know, stats are stats. Numbers yeah. don't lie. Uh, I just think that especially if they are – if Runner and uh, Luster can come to play – uh, and make the big plays that they did in the first half of the season that uh, they're, they're just going to overpower the Crocs and just, like you said, snowball effect and just going to roll downhill and end the game. That's the picks for us. Uh, just a little review of it. Helsinki Roosters at Wassa Royals. We've all got the Roosters winning that game on Thursday. Saturday, Turku Trojans at Porvo Butchers. We all have the Butchers winning that game. And then on Monday night, Humbling the Huskies at Senioki Crocodiles. Everyone has the Huskies winning except for Jabari Harris. Don't get his name <laughs> confused with anybody else's. Jabari Harris has the Senioki Crocodiles winning that game. So if the Crocodiles win, he will have some bragging rights. But I got my fingers crossed for you, Jabari. <laughs> I know it, man. Hey, man, I'm just – hey, man, I like what the Crocodiles are doing, man. I'm just – I, it's not that I'm hating on the Huskies. It's that I would like a shake in the league this year, and that'll be a dramatic shake in the league this year if that happens. So I'm just hoping for some excitement, and that's the <laughs> only one that I see that's possible right now. So if anybody wants to throw stones, throw stones at me. I can take it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it for us this week on American Football in Finland. I'm Perfect Purpose with my co-host Jabari Harris. It was nice being on the show, man. I hope that the Crocodiles pulled this off so I won't get hung this week. <laughs> <laughs> and our special guest host, uh, Helsinki Roosters defensive back Curtis Slater. Thanks for having me. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at American Football in Finland or check out the latest show on perfectpurpose.com forward slash AFF. For mobile access to our podcast, subscribe to American Football in Finland on the iTunes podcast app. And for you Android listeners out there, you can follow us on the Podbean app on Google Play, which is you just go and search American Football in Finland. I don't know why you would have an Android, but if you do, follow us. All right? 
I'm team iPhone, baby. Team iPhone. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> All right. We'll see y'all next week.